they're trying to eat my MTN money. That's the only reason they're supporting me. <laughs> they're like, she's getting paid now. We must, we must eat. Getting paid now, we must support. We have to smile, or else we're gonna look like Doja's bad. Creative first. What is up, everybody? I just wanted to come on here very quickly and to say thank you to each and every one of you for tuning in, uh, considering the amount of time that we've taken to come back. I just wanted to come on here and say, listen, an episode is coming. I'll explain everything. But for today, I'm really, really excited because I enjoyed this conversation with her. And, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. So, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy the conversation today we are joined by an amazing amazing character um content creator youtuber model in my opinion i don't know what she says about that (laughs) um but she'll let us know welcome barbara bax hello (laughs) how are you doing not you saying model (laughs) (laughs) i'm changing every week i'm like last week was what was um what future miss essay today it's model. south africa this week is model yes Yo. next week we'll think about something else how are you doing i'm fabulous how are you hey sis you keep asking me this you want me to bleed on the in front of the people <laughs> <laughs> listen i think i'm also like i'm i i've gotten into the habit of saying i'm fabulous but really inside i'm screaming because <laughs> what a month yeah no what a month no we made it to june but at what cost guys honestly at what cost because hey guys at what cost you <laughs> it's where we both went to you it's deep but it's fine we don't look like our problems therefore we are not our problems <laughs> period okay period um so obviously we're both complaining um about the month and everything how are you <laughs> feeling in general do you know what i think i'm i'm super grateful for like every opportunity that i've gotten i think the reason why i'm exhausted is literally because i think may has probably been my busiest month in terms of content and just work in general so now i'm like okay balance work and the opportunities that the lord has provided featuring school (laughs) you're balancing work school and the content creating stuff yeah which is essentially work but yeah because i have like i realized this week on my way home because i drive from johannesburg to pretoria every day and so while sitting in my one hour 30 minutes of traffic i was like wait how many jobs do i have Mm. and i realized i'm like okay so you're a content creator but i'm also a digital marketing intern but i'm also a digital marketing student but i'm also a tutor for math and physics and then i'm still the eldest child of an african household so i have to cook clean wash dishes it's so much fun (laughs) she goes it's so much fun i mean yo i would be screaming i'm like one hour every day just driving and then you have to get home again, cook tea. I did though. I think I enjoy the the driving because it's so therapeutic for me. Like I get to sit and then I have like new music or sometimes I listen to podcasts, but most of the time it's just dead silence. And that's like my time to just, just be. Tell me about your childhood growing up backs. Ooh, she said growing up backs. 
you see now now i need to i need to get a reality tv show and call it growing up bags yeah <laughs> literally ideas Ah, oh, growing up what what part of growing up is because my my upbringing was very upbringingish <laughs> <laughs> i mean start anywhere you're comfortable and i'm comfortable well i'll tell you this when i was like three years old my dad is a politician right but my dad is a politician amongst many other things he's like me he's like a jack of all trades able to do a million and two things but one thing that he's always kind of been passionate about is politics and so when i was like three years two years old he had me memorize all the members of parliament so he literally like would print out oh. their pictures <laughs> It's funny. It's I don't know. I think maybe he just. I don't know. I don't know. But also, my dad really believed that I'm going to be the first female black president of South Africa, which is obviously a dream that that he had to let go when I said to him, "Listen, I want to be influenza." And he was like, yeah. <laughs> "You were supposed to be my meal ticket to Inkandla. Mm. You were my ticket to the White House. What is this?" Oh so, yeah, I kind of was like raised to be a president if if i can put it like that my parents were kind of just like you are a leader and that's what you were born mm. to be so top achiever you know head girl in primary school and in high school which is a little bit crazy but that was that was it and so then i went on to study engineering and then i realized i'm literally doing it for the presidency and nothing else and so i decided to <laughs> let it all go and follow my genuine passions because i think even throughout my childhood in the whole come on miss president get it together i always used to watch like what do you call that show yo tv why did i forget yo tv i almost said tapping <laughs> i used to watch yo tv every single morning every single weekend and one of my biggest dreams was always to be a UTV presenter and then when i grew older i wanted to be a tv presenter just anywhere and now I'm a presenter on my YouTube channel. Do you, do you think that's where you get most of your confidence from? Um, you know, being so smart and like having parents that really like put that in you of like being a leader and stuff. Uh, I I don't know if that's the reason that I'm confident. I just think like thinking back to my childhood and just my upbringing, I think I was just raised in a family that was very intentional about identifying strengths in people and allowing them to live in their strengths so for my siblings the task might not have been to be you know the president or the queen of england whatever it was that my father placed on me but it was like okay with my sister for example you're a great dancer you're a great personality and my dad helped her open up her own like events management company and now she's like traveling the whole country running events and helping market stuff yeah so i think it's the confidence mainly just comes from being affirmed as a child all the time Mm. by my parents to say yeah you're on the right track exactly exactly let's go higher further so yeah loki created a a toxic achievement relationship but (laughs) that's not the conversation for the day (laughs) no but that's cool just having like your parents you know just knowing that your parents have your back even last time when i asked you about like how how did your parents react to you then saying okay i'm not into engineering i now want to you know go full-time into the content creating and you know pursuing a career in media you did mention that they were very supportive 
I think yeah. that's pretty cool. And it's not common in, in African families, you know. It's very like you must be a lawyer, doctor, engineer. But I think because my dad was, when my dad graduated high school, he was supposed to go do law. <laughs> and then he left law to go be a radio DJ, which is like crazy. <laughs> but then it worked out for him because he literally climbed the ranks all the way to the top. And so I think for him, he just like looks at me and sees his younger self and he's like, yo, let me not do what I didn't want my parents to do to me, to this kid. Are you closer to your dad, do you think? Because, you know, obviously same interests and everything. Well, yeah. Mom's not going to be happy to hear that. <laughs> we we are we are more similar in that, I don't know, actually, I, every time I think about this, because I think about this a lot, I live with my dad currently, um, okay. but my mom stays like very nearby, so I always go see her whenever I can. I just think like I'm a perfect mix between the both of my parents because my mom's the super chilled, super smart, hardworking, listen, OCD, I'm packing everything. Do you see the salt? <laughs> the grains of salt yeah. are packed nicely inside the bottle. Don't you dare. That's my mom. And then my dad is like the funny guy who's just always making jokes and doesn't take anything seriously. So I'm like, I'm like that on social media but i think in my head and my heart in my everyday life i'm my mom so yeah i'm i'm everybody so backs then like the younger you and the backs that's there now what do you think has changed in your character mostly in my character i think i'm more audacious like <laughs> i'm i'm more brave when it comes to my decisions i think Growing up, I was very concerned about, you know, the image. Because remember now, I was raised to be a president. So the whole time I'm making decisions, I'm doing things, it was always based on what will work best for the people around me and what will be the most agreeable solution. And I think leaving engineering was probably one of my biggest fears ever because that for me is like almost a, a lack of achievement right mm. because all my life all i've ever been doing is achieving and so for you to then set out to do engineering everyone believes that you're going to be able to do it my biggest fear was obviously not following through and being part of the statistics being part of the people who dropped out and so even leading up to the decision to tell my parents like yo i want to leave yo it was shaking in my head it was shaking because i first had to come to terms with the fact that I was actually planning to leave and that me leaving had nothing to do with my, it didn't reflect on me as a person. And so it was just a back and forth conversation between myself about failure and the lack of achievement. And then finally making the bold step to tell my parents. And then when I made the jump and I realized just how quickly and easily life just sort of started to align for me and the amount of peace that I experienced after leaving I was like I really thought I was gonna die and that was literally when I say that was the worst thing that could have ever happened to me in my life my biggest fear was dropping out and then I made it through and I survived now I'm just like yo I don't care if I want to do it I'll do it if I want to climb the plane I'm climbing the plane <laughs> if I want to jump off the plane I'm jumping off the plane whether we mid-air or not so Older me is definitely a lot more concerned about the dream more than what people think of the dream. Okay. 
So what do you enjoy about being a creator? I get to be me. <laughs> I get to be me. That's that's the cool thing about being a creator. I think creating is always from a place of authenticity. Like you can't create something that is not like you. I don't know if that makes sense. Like if I'm creating, I'm just doing me. I'm just making an extension of myself and so moving away from like traditional careers like engineering and all that kind of stuff and I mean there's nothing wrong with that hey if I could do it I would do it just to say I did it but mm. I think being in that box is kind of stifling because I I almost felt like I couldn't be myself like every time I navigated whether we were having mixers at school or you know just sitting in a lecture hall and meeting new people the conversation would always be what are you studying and it's like oh engineering and they're like you study engineering but engineers don't behave like this that that you should be more like that and so I always felt like I couldn't necessarily be myself in those spaces because there was a certain aesthetic and personality that fitted the role of an engineer or a president or a smart kid and I think being a creative just kind of took all that weight off because now I can be myself and no one will question me for being me because it's me when you start because I know you had said that you started simply because like you were documenting everything that was going on and then people were like okay just put it on YouTube Um, but did you go into it with like an idea of okay I want to be a vlogger I want to do this because you know I enjoy this or nothing (laughs) nothing you just put it on YouTube and you're like this is it is what it is yeah it was like my friends wanted so what what shall I do but also (laughs) also I'm I'm like a memory hoarder and so the problem was I'm taking all these videos I go through life just recording stuff and I record just because I want to be able to look back at the time that we were together at Culture City or the time we went out and, you know, the police caught us and all these crazy stories. Look back at it and laugh at the moment mm. watching it. Yeah. But phones only have so much storage, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so YouTube was a great solution for me because I don't have to pay for iCloud, no Google Cloud, nothing. Just upload it and then I get to delete it off my phone and create new memories. I just happened to make 8,000 more friends. And you know how just the growth, I think, for you is just very, very fast right now? Because I can tell, like, the pace at which things are going, you know. 100k in Jesus' name. Yes, yes, definitely. Exactly. Exactly. So the pace, you know, it's growing pretty fast. Um, Are you now at a position where you now have to, like, plan out your content and you know obviously with the work yeah and school and stuff, like just balancing everything I think now I'm I'm trying to pivot my content in such a way that it's more people-centered than it is back-centered if that makes sense mm-hmm. because I think a large part of the audience obviously came as a result of like coming along with me on my days and everything that I did but I think as the community grows larger and larger, for me, there's just something very cringe about waking up in the morning, turning on my camera to say, hi guys, come watch me, <laughs> you know, yeah. live my life. Like, who are you and why are we watching you live your life? So I I think I'm heading into a space where I'm trying to figure out ways to make the content still authentic to me without it being 
about me solely at least let it be relatable like at least let all of us be able to say yeah me too because then then it'll feel like okay okay fine now i can call myself a content creator mm. how are you building your brand because now obviously as you're growing you now have to yeah. think about you know backs the brand and well, i think one thing that they've taught us in the youtube workshops is that building a brand is always about firstly knowing yourself like you need to know who you are what you stand for and what you will never do for any amount of money in the world mm. and from that premise you're able to build a personal brand because i think every single one of us are personal brands like all of us are brands regardless of whether you're on the internet or you're not on the internet you are a brand because when people see your face it comes with emotions <laughs> for some people their faces come with negative emotions other people's faces come with positive emotions but at the end of the day you know there are certain things and people that will always be associated with us because of the way that we present ourselves in front of people so i think just being in the content creation space makes it a little bit more special because now i have to be considerate about what i'm putting out there and the formations of what am i saying did english is even leaving me <laughs> what <laughs> the formation basically the the reputation that people form of me in their minds i need to be a lot more conscious about that mm. so if i'm sitting on the internet and maybe i had a bad day somebody i don't know some boy dribbled me or something and then i go off on a tangent about how men are so trash on my instagram story that affects your brand so yeah just being on the internet there's a level of being careful before you open your mouth and just knowing the things that you can and cannot speak about which doesn't mean that you're being inauthentic it just means that you're being wise <laughs> I hope that makes it. Yeah, no, for sure, because the internet never forgets, eh? Yeah, one thing about the internet, you need to be hella careful, because hey, the minute you say something, it's out there. You can't take it. I back. see they bringing up people's tweets from 2010, bringing people's <laughs> tweets from 2002. I'm like, yo, I was still a baby. I was still a young girl. I don't know. Do you believe in cancel culture? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't believe in cancel culture. And I'll tell you why. Cancel culture for me is such a wild concept because you're not giving this person the opportunity to grow. I think I think if you think about it in like the bigger spectrum of the world and the legal system of our country, if someone commits a crime, right, they get sent to jail. You arrest them. And they get sent to jail. And that's also like another story for another day. But this is the political president, Barbara, coming out now. <laughs> because <laughs> there's just too much going on. But I think for me, when it comes to just our legal system and the, the way that we correct people's behaviors, I don't think it's very, it's very constructive. Because jail or canceling someone is meant to be a form of time out like we're pulling you away from society because you're a danger to society right but in us pulling you away we are going to help you and rehabilitate you 
so that you can come back into society and function like a normal person. And I think for me, that's why we have people who maybe will commit several murders, get sent to jail, come out, and then are going back to jail for the same thing that they were taken out of jail for simply because there was no rehabilitation process. You just took this person into a cold place, gave them a blanket, gave them rubbish food and left it like that, thinking that this person is now going to leave that jail cell and go back to society and function like a normal person. It'll never happen. And I think it's the same thing with cancel culture. If we go about just canceling people because they did things that were, weren't morally upright, we don't help them correct their thinking. They never get an understanding as to why they were wrong. And so they never change. And if we just cancel one person after another, I think we're going to end up with a group of canceled people who then rise and kill us all. I don't think cancel culture is is, is progressive. I, I believe in rehabilitation. So you can isolate someone to help rehabilitate them. If you could change something, anything in the world through your content what would it be and how wow this is giving miss universe your final question (laughs) (laughs) i don't have an answer that is so crazy if i could change anything with my content i'll tell you what i try to do with my content and i think is the goal that i have for myself this year in the past couple of years that I've been on the internet, a lot of the times I always get people who DM me and message me to say, your content has helped me see that I can be me 100%. Because I think we live in like a generation where everyone's always talking about like, speak your truth, you know, own your truth, (laughs) know your worth, all these kinds of things. But it's like, In the whole speak your truth, know your truth, own your truth, there are boundaries and lines that you're not allowed to cross. I don't know if that makes sense. And so it's almost like you are allowed to be your authentic you as long as it fits within the standards and the box that society has created for you. The moment that you step outside of those boxes, your authenticity is not the one. (laughs) Your truth is the wrong truth. You know what I mean? And so for me with my content, I think it's more just about... What's the English word? The English word where you see yourself in somebody. Representation. Is it representation? It's good enough. (laughs) I know there's a better word. I know there is a better word than representation, but we're going to go with representation now, right? But just for people to be able to see this quirky black girl, dark skin with an Afro, skinny, you know, barely any bums there, but, you know, we're doing with what we have. And, and just see me living out my life as best as I know how and as authentically as I possibly can. I want that to be able to give someone else permission to feel like regardless of them not fitting into the box, mm. they're still valid. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with them. And I saw your most recent video. I haven't watched it because, hey, triggering, but... <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> no, honestly, Girl. I tried to watch it and I'm like, mm, let me not go down this road. No, no. says I don't even blame you because same. <laughs> I'm like, hey, this one, it's a bit tricky. But, you know, I think, I don't know, was this one the most 
was it the hardest for you to record because i feel like it was a very very uh, personal topic and i think you know a lot of people responded really well to it because not a lot of people spoke about it you know so just having you being very very vulnerable like that and being again authentically you i think a lot of people were like wow you know this is great it was so crazy because i didn't expect that many people to relate to mm. me i think it it wasn't necessarily the most difficult one to record because I, i record everything literally everything that i do so there's nothing too difficult to record but it was definitely the most difficult to upload and keep up so when i did record the video i recorded it i watched it and then i was like okay i hear myself but it's giving you might get cancelled <laughs> like it's giving people might drag you for this mm. and i tried to record it four times after that again like re-record it and just try to sound more diplomatic and gather my thoughts because there was also a lot of things that i wanted to say that i felt like you know when said and something was just like just post it as it is and i kid you not that video right now is so youtube has this like cute little metric in your analytics mm-hmm. that shows you how your current video is performing against the nine previous videos okay. and so usually like the videos will say in comparison to your other videos this video is ranking three out of ten and this video started at six went up to three and was on three for a good while but today it's on number one and i was like why is this video <laughs> gaining more and more views when i was literally going to wake up and delete it this morning i kid you not this morning i was like okay i think the people have heard my message i've gotten many dms i still haven't responded to all of them i think they are resonating that's good we've said what we need to say i'm deleting it but it's traveling so far and i i just it it goes back to what i was saying to you about it made me realize that's also low key the video that made me realize how important it is that i continue to show up as myself with my issues and brokenness mm. on the internet because mm. it's doing so much for so many people and there's so many people that i would have never guessed feeling seen by that one video and it's crazy cuz you you'll just be like okay this is just me being me but then you know you never know just how much it could help the next person you know did my my hair is not even combed in that video <laughs> you know when your lips has like that white line that white line creates i don't know if it's a hunger line or what it is i literally <laughs> when i was editing it i was like how did i not see this hunger line on my lips <laughs> like I literally it's probably the messiest I look on my channel. I just I'm so untidy and it feels so all over the place but that's the video that resonates the most with people. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying like it all goes back to being you and just just be yourself. So have you had any problems networking in the, the YouTube community? Networking? Listen, when when I was a kid, when when I was like <laughs> What, what was my subscriber base around like a thousand subscribers i think networking was a little bit difficult just because and and i get it because for me also it's like you know you work so hard to build a community you've built trust with this community so when people ask you for collaborations it's always like you want to see that this person is just committed as you are that this person has moral track 
it that is similar to yours mm. before introducing them to your community and so like a lot of the time with newer youtubers it's very difficult for me to like open up and and openly collaborate with them just because like there aren't enough videos for me to be able to say okay you are you are passing the test of character we can do this i can expose the people to you and so i think for me in the beginning of my journey that's kind of how i felt i felt like i was being shut out like how come on guys let me in what's going on <laughs> you know let me in and i think now i have a better understanding of why i i couldn't get into the spaces and circles that i wanted to get into right at the beginning of my career but right now it's so crazy because at the last youtube event that i was invited to i spent half of the night with dumelo mudiko and anyone who knows dumi mudiko or knows me and watches my videos will know that she is literally my favorite youtuber in the world in the world and now she responds to my whatsapp status and we love so crazy. that's very cool just a quick annoying mandatory ad break if you haven't yet followed our socials or subscribe to this podcast please do so now love you think would be the most memorable moment of your career so far most memorable moment of my career i'm so sad because this question is making me come into one moment and i'm such a <laughs> I'm, such, I'm such a multiple moments girl mm. memorable it would have to be being invited to my first youtube no am i lying Am I lying? I am lying. Can I actually tell you? You can rank them, I guess. I can rank them. I can't rank them. I can't rank them. <laughs> Listen, okay, you can rank them. Okay, you can rank them. If you're listening, take a screenshot of this and go to your Instagram stories and rank them because I I can't rank them. So, my first paid campaign was with MTN, right? Ooh. And so that's that's crazy right that's that's very crazy so i'm like mtf you trying to work with me that's crazy okay. <laughs> i didn't even think I, was, I didn't even think i was serious like that and then part two of it miss supranational you know Tato Musele, the first runner up for miss south africa 2020 she like sees my mtn ad and is like this is the funniest thing i've ever seen likes it shares it to a story and follows me oh my gosh now i'm like okay so Oh, what is the meaning of this? He's just responding to my story, talking about you're so funny. I'm like, you, you think I'm funny? I mean, I know I'm funny, but you think I'm funny? That's crazy. There's, so basically, technically, you could just say I'm best friends with South Africa, and that's literally how it works. So anyone who says otherwise is a liar and a cheat. Mm. I'll do that, and then being invited to my very first YouTube event, and in a room full of creators that I admire. Like I mentioned, Dumi Modiko, Simba Lotus also, who is insane. And walking up to her, I remember with Sim, like I walked up to Sim to greet her, like, hi, Simba Lotus. And I'm about to tell this girl how much I love the channel. And she's like, hey, Barbara. I said, excuse me, what did you say? Did you, <laughs> did you, t- did you call me by my name? And she's like, yeah, Barbara. 
I'm like, yay, that's that's my name. I think going around the room and like introducing myself to some of my favorite creators, and then before I even get the introduction out my mouth, they already like know who I am. I was just kind of like, oh, you you know who I am? That's crazy. So I think every single day I'm just realizing that I'm actually much further than I think I am. And it's just, it, I don't think it will ever sink in because every single time someone recognizes me on the street, every single time I go speak to someone who I admire to tell them how much I love the work and they tell me the same thing, I, I just, I'm shocked. Talk about your famous. <laughs> it's, it must be fame. It can't be anything else. How to handle fame. Literally my Google, my top Google search <laughs> this year. Every two minutes it's me. Hey Google, how do I handle fame? It, it's so hard. But my mom says I was born for it, so who am I to argue with my mom? And the fact that they're so supportive, hey? I think that's really cool. Like, yo, go and give them a hug after this. Be like, she said, go give them a hug. Nah, nah, nah. They're trying to eat my MTN money. That's the only reason they support me. <laughs> they're like, she's getting paid now. We must, we must eat. Getting paid now, we must support. We have to smile, or else we're going to look like Doja's bed. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> okay, no, I, I, that was that was very out of pocket. I apologize. I apologize. That was very. Listen, you see, this is why I'm talking about. I don't deserve a mouth. Sometimes I just I don't deserve a mouth. These are the things that that can prohibit a girl from being Miss Universe. Do you see? I'm a risk. You. I'm a big risk. Because I'll be there, Miss Universe. Your final question. So, like, how how would you want to be remembered? You know, someone asked me this in an interview a month ago, and I didn't have an answer for this question, and I literally still don't have an answer for this question <laughs> because I don't, I don't think of what I'm doing like that. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. Like in my head, it's not that deep, and I'm just kind of living life. I just know how i want people to experience me okay maybe that is maybe that is what i want to be remembered for and their experiences with you yeah because obviously in, in my head like the people who i interact with on the internet don't really get to experience me does that make sense yeah. they get to experience yeah. a, an edited overly dramatic version of myself but when it comes to people in my personal life like i just always want my friends and my family and everyone who I meet to feel like they've found their safe space. Like they can come here any time of the day at any given moment to just scream and shout and let it all out. And I will scream and shout with you and we can let it all out together. Like this is the one place where you don't have to pretend. This is the one place where you don't have to put up a brave face. If you're tired, my sister, cry. I would weep with you. <laughs> you know, we, we will weep together. So... I guess that's that's what I want people to remember about their experiences with me, that they could literally come here anytime without holding back. Because I think that's probably also another aspect of our generation, which is low-key so sad that sometimes we have to hold ourselves back in relationships with other people because you're afraid of being judged, you're afraid of being seen as clingy too much. You know, there are all these different like there must be a level of i don't care <laughs> i don't know if you've seen that on social media you all these mind games 
ah, yes, like you have to be cool and yeah. cool girls don't care. Like cool girls don't cry, cool girls don't laugh. They just they just stand in. And and I think that's that's what I'm trying to actively break is that need for a barrier and to pretend like you are this heartless evil person when really you're a cuddly teddy bear and you just want to be held even if it's accountable <laughs> and i want to be the holder <laughs> i think that shows itself a lot especially through your content because you're very very open um you know in everything that you do and you're very easygoing and just you know i love that word mm. so that what day if somebody tries to if somebody tries to blackmail me one day, it's not possible because all oh, my secrets are on the exactly, internet. Like, like, what do you think you have on me? <laughs> what do you think you're doing? I have nothing to hide, my brother. You know, and that's pretty cool. Like, just the confidence. Yo, I would be freaking out. I'd be like, uh, let's delete it. Once you drop out of engineering, there's nothing that's scary. Nothing in the world will scare you again. I've seen it all. Please. Nothing can break us after that. After that, yo, that was the lowest point of my life. Nothing, nothing can make me that low again. And surviving that has taught me that ah, life's way too short for me to be worried about what people think or what they're gonna say. Yeah, that's true. And most people, most of the time, like you enjoy yourself a lot more when you don't have to think about you know avant vasotini and all of these things because it's just it's just you and jay avant vasotini syndrome it's only bolaya it will kill you guys <laughs> yeah, but i don't blame us we grew up with social media growing up with social media for me isn't necessarily a bad thing i don't think growing up with social media is 100 percent bad because even in the confidence that you speak on social media has been one of the biggest factors in me being where i'm at today and me being mm -hmm. as sure as i am of myself right now i think it's very easy to fall into the trap of comparison on social media and i actually touched on this in that video about um starving myself and being a skinny girl mm -hmm. and all the different dramas that were going on i'm not going to spoil it go like comment subscribe shameless plug <laughs> right but one thing that i touched on in terms of being confident in my dark skin and being confident in my body was I started following girls that looked like me. There was a period of my life where I couldn't follow girls that looked like me because I would compare myself to them and then break myself down like that. But I think after dealing with the mental work and the heavy lifting, I now go onto social media. All I want to do is follow dark skin, skinny girls with minimum bars <laughs> because... I'm like, I want to see how the clothes look on you. I want to see how you style yourself. You know, I want to see how you style yourself because now it also doesn't help for me to be looking at the bootylicious Beyonce's and, you know, curvaceous, not Kelly Rowland, but yeah, let's say Kelly Rowland just for, for argument's sake, you know, curvaceous Kelly Rowland and I'm looking at them in all of these different clothings and every single time I try it on it doesn't look the way that it looks on Beyonce so now I feel bad about myself but if I follow girls that look like me and I get what they have and I am able to apply the way that they dress their bodies and etc to myself obviously I'm a lot more confident because I look just mm -hmm. as good if not better <laughs> and it's so weird that you say that because I think 
actually moment of truth get your tissue out because you're about to cry moment <laughs> of honesty <laughs> you about to cry okay um but it's actually quite interesting because i think i used to hate wearing dresses because i'm quite small so i used to just avoid dresses um and then i think i watched one of your videos actually your i think it was your clothing haul my video yes i think it was your clothing haul and i'm like wait like she looks good like in a dress and we kind of have the same body type like i could actually you know i could actually make this work yeah so i, I can write I actually started like following people that actually had somewhat my body type because i'm i'm always i'm very particular i'm oh my goodness it's so overwhelming but... girl <laughs> why do you sound like me but yeah i think just following people that actually look like you especially in this like social media world of like you know bbls and there's nothing wrong with bbls i'm just saying that <laughs> girl if i had the money if i had the money you know I'd have legs, hips, body, body, body. It's just, I think it's really healthy to just curate your timeline and make sure that, you know, you have people that look like 100%. So that you don't feel like there's something wrong with you because there's nothing wrong with you. Or even just mute the people, you know? I think it. I've even gotten to a point where now after following girls who look like me, I'm so secure in myself that, I've even started following people who don't look like me and people who now I'm able to just sit and admire all kinds of beauty, all different kinds of, no matter how they look. And it doesn't affect me because I understand that my confidence in myself should not and cannot be changed and moved by the presence or absence of other people. So, and that's something that I keep like telling myself in my head, even when I'm in these YouTube events and I'm surrounded by all these YouTubers with 70,000 followers, you know, a hundred thousand, 200,000, all these big things. And it's like the confidence that I have in my work should not change based on the fact that I'm sitting next to someone with a million subscribers. I need to be able to sell myself as confidently in a room full of people with plaques as I am able to sell myself confidently in a room full of people who are still trying to reach a thousand subscribers. Because if that's not the case, then it means my confidence is not really confidence. It's just a superiority complex <laughs> because I keep small people around me so I can feel good about myself or small in my eyes. In even in the same room as people with like plaques and stuff like that's already like, come on. <laughs> you know like you're already there it's already yeah like there's really no need to put pressure on yourself and stuff what piece of advice would you give to someone that's just starting out um as a youtuber piece of advice that i would give to someone starting out as a youtuber stick to what you want to do and your people will find you. I think a lot of the times it can be especially scary and daunting to kind of stick to your guns about your content, especially when you're trying to introduce a new style of content because people who started at the same time as you might be progressing at a faster rate because they're hopping onto trends or they're doing 
the normal everyday morning routine, the normal everyday night routine, you know, the normal everyday. And there's nothing wrong with the normal everyday kind of content. But if your dream and your goal and vision for your challenge channel was to break into or create and birth a new market, just stick to it and hold on my brother, my sister, because eventually the community will follow. I think that's also what happened with me. I When I started out, it's almost like YouTube used to be a space where people only came to tell wild stories about their blessings, you know, or like do very weird challenges. I think when I started, Smash or Pass was a very big thing. And so here I am, you know, little old me, Christian girl. My purpose and my goal on YouTube was to show people that young people who love God aren't boring. Like, I don't consider myself boring. I mm-hmm. think I'm fun, <laughs> you know? And I know a lot of the times, like, when I interact with people in public and they find out I'm a Christian, it's always like, what? you Christian? That's crazy. Like, I would have like, never guessed because you you're like so much fun, like, you know? You so doing? Exactly. They wanted me to wear a dress. And, and say thou shall not and thy shall shall I don't I don't even know what, what normal Christian girls are supposed to act like I'm I'm so sorry I, I, I really I don't know but that's that's kind of the reaction that I'd always get from people in public and so going on to YouTube obviously my biggest intention was to break that stereotype and not only be able to relate to Christians because I think also with Christian content creators at the time the only Christian content creators I was seeing were the every day I come there, you know, in my Christian girl aesthetic and open my Bible and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in a dignified voice. And I leave and everyone kind of loves that. And it's like, woo, Christian girl. But I was like, that's boring. And you guys are sometimes cringe. I don't want to be cringe and boring. <laughs> I want to be me, you know, I want to be me. And it took a little bit of a while for people to be able to accept that but once they did ah ah listen i'm the girl who was on looking from jolo asking men about their relationships with god (laughs) and they were shaking hey they were found shaking (laughs) and they were found shaking and i mean for me to try and change myself just a little bit because i knew that was going to be an uncomfortable situation i knew it was it was bound to create some sort of i mean someone on twitter was like that that bugs Barak here. Is she looking for Jesus or is she looking for a man? I said, yo. <laughs> I said, yo, my brother, if you hit me, just and you can you can just go on the hashtag looking from Jolo and read all the wild comments that people had to say about my faith and you know how how much I was sticking to my guns. And it wasn't all bad. I think there was probably only like two percent bad comments. But the point is me going onto that platform, knowing that Tato has a reach of a hundred million people. I could have easily changed who I was to fit the crowd that I knew was going to watch. And I think at the time of looking from Jolo, I was on four thousand subscribers. This was last year, December. Four thousand subscribers. Fast forward to June, my my following is literally double actually, which is crazy. And all of that kind of like happened overnight. Like you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that it's almost like people just, the rate that I'm growing is, it, it doesn't make sense. Like there's 
there's really no need for me to be crying at the rate that I'm crying. But it's it's because I stay true to who I am. And your your people will find you. There is somebody for everybody. I know it doesn't feel like it when it's winter and it's cold and you're alone. But there is somebody for everybody. <laughs> Currently shaking in loneliness. <laughs> After this, I'm about to take my pillows and put them around me so I can feel like I'm being held. Just for comfort. Zia Kala. <laughs> Zia Kala for sure. So how do you handle um, the bad comments and stuff? I think not even bad comments, just annoying comments. How do you handle people that are just annoying on your socials? I think I'm, I'm very lucky to not have too many. Like I can literally count on my hand the number of people that have made comments that kind of like catch me like uh why 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 are you doing this how about you exercise some thinking skills <laughs> mm-hmm. prior to you commenting but it's it's literally i don't think it's anything hectic most of them are just questions too many questions about tron those are probably like the comments that rile me up the most because i'm like yo guys we literally said we we're gonna do two episodes can can you respect that <laughs> can you respect that and, and leave us be and the outside of that is just the everyday usual Ah man i was i was raised to be president so for mm. me people will always say something it's it's whatever it is what it is since meeting tato because obviously he's he's doing really well I'm in the YouTube yeah. space. Do you not have pressure, but do you sometimes feel like, okay, I need to, you know, find ways to create new content just like he has? And, you know, even do me meeting do me or meeting all these other YouTubers, do you ever have moments where you're like, okay, I need to actually step it up and think of something new, think of something different, you know? I think those those moments usually come when I'm burnt out. <laughs> like because when I'm burnt out is usually when I'm hardest on myself and I start to like just nitpick at everything. But when it comes to Tato, like Tato and Dumi and Neo and all the other South African YouTubers, even Zile, Ghost Ruby, all these really cool guys, what I've learned about them and what I appreciate so much, particularly with Tato and Dumi, because I have personal relationship with them is they're so supportive like i can't tell you how supportive tato and dumi are they've offered to come collaborate on my channel all these kinds of things but i think the problem here first of all is me because i'm the one who's like yo what am i gonna do what am i gonna say when they come i'm gonna say what (laughs) you know we're gonna collaborate and do what so i'm like because i'm a perfectionist i really want to think really hard about these collaborations before you know i just call them over so that everything kind of works out the way that I planned it in my head. But I think it's very difficult for you to feel threatened and to feel like you are the competition of somebody who you support and supports you equally. It's more like a community. Like whenever I'm with Tato, it's always like, yo, what are you doing now? Okay, this is how you can do it better. Yeah, let me tell you. If I ask him anything, he literally will tell me like, oh, this is how I did it. Let me show you. Same thing with Dumi. Then when I started my channel, there were so many things that I didn't really know how to do. And I DM her like, hey, Dumi, can you help me out? And then she'd send me like little links to YouTube videos where I can go and like figure out how to do that stuff. So yeah dog there's they're such cool people i can't even i can't even tell you how cool they are 
they're so cool. And then I asked myself questions like, why are you so nice to me? <laughs> Please, I am only a young girl. I have nothing to offer you. Do you ever have, uh, is it imposter syndrome? Oh. Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Yo, guys. I had, I, I think imposter syndrome is something that doesn't leave you. And I say this because, you know, you're Laura, right? You start this podcast now, everything's great. When your podcast is at a million listeners a month, you'll still be the same person. Does that make sense? Like to you, you still look at yourself in the mirror the same. And so when people start to talk about you, it's like, oh, yeah, she's a great interviewer. The next Oprah Winfrey of Africa, <laughs> you know, and, and all these kinds of stuff. Like in, in my head, imposter syndrome is bound to creep in because you are thinking of the little girl who started the podcast. And to you, it's like, but I'm not that, like, I'm not all the things you're saying I am. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. because you don't get to experience yourself the way people experience you from the outside and so something that Sibu Mabena taught me and I, I spoke to her about this at the very first YouTube event that I attended and I asked her like how do you how do you handle imposter syndrome because you are constantly in big rooms with big people and she said imposter syndrome is the she said imposter syndrome is the notion that you are pretending to be somebody that you're not and one day people are going to find out Mm. she was saying to me that for as long as i'm being authentic for as long as i'm putting in the hours and i'm showing up as true to myself as possible i'm not putting on a, a show putting on a character every time I step out in public, but I'm really 100% creating from a place of genuineness, then imposter syndrome is just something that I have to keep talking to every time it creeps in. Like, you shouldn't be in this space. Why are you here? And it's like, no, because I work to be here. Thank you. Mm. And I, I think it's, it's something that's very difficult to curb especially i keep saying in this generation and i it's so cringe to me every time someone says in this generation i'm like shut up you know but genuinely like in this generation it's almost like humility is masked must yay english m-a-s-k okay must i don't know why the s-k doesn't want to come out the way it needs to come out but humility is almost portrayed as putting yourself down like if you don't see your worth if you put in 20 hours on a project and get a i don't know platinum record humility is you coming out and saying oh i don't deserve this but thank you so much you know what i mean like we almost paint humility as a not seeing of yourself and i think that's why imposter syndrome and comparison is especially relevant in our culture today because culture teaches us that we shouldn't give ourselves our flowers and we shouldn't give ourselves credit for the things that we work hard for you need to always shy away from your achievements you need to always shove them down a hole somewhere a ditch unless somebody else brings them up and says yo you've done well 
at ABCDEFG. So telling myself every day and reminding myself that, bro, you worked hard to be here. Enjoy the moment. I'm not saying be arrogant. I'm not saying be wild. But yeah, there's a healthy balance. Yeah. Just just don't put yourself down for the sake of looking humble. Because that's counterproductive. And who do you look up to? Who do I look up to? I look up to. Oh, they are a lot. There's so many women. There are so many women. Okay, let's start. It's just a whole bunch. Because I'm I'm like, I'm fangirling in my head. I'm like, so many women. But number one, (laughs) top of mind, Bonang Lebonza Mateva. Because I really like, I resonate with her so, so much. And I love how she's able to be like this professional speaker and you know when we think of bonang we think class we think status we think you know fabulosity but at the same time you know bonang is the girl whistling and screaming at the top of her lungs any given chance she's so funny and so wild in her personality and so for me i think i i just admire how she's able to be herself 100 percent and be able to live in the duality of her personality without compromising herself like she can be professional but still bonan and she can be wild but still bonan i don't know if that makes sense so there's her and then after her there's obviously beyonce because <laughs> who doesn't love beyonce if you don't love beyonce please leave this podcast exit immediately i don't think there is a human on this planet that works as hard as beyonce like I've watched so many Beyonce documentaries in my life and the amount of effort that she puts into her shows the amount of work that goes into every single thing that she does the art and the thought is incredible Beyonce Beyonce is a beast Beyonce is a concept of a human being I don't even think she's real she's just she's <laughs> out of this world like it's it's insane and then there's Yara Shahidi who also is just so incredible in her thinking like i think for a young person and someone who's we're literally the same age this girl i listen to her speak sometimes and i'm like yo my father would have loved to be your father <laughs> my father would have loved to be your father because you are the next female president and i love that for you and zozibini twinsy okay i will end with zozibini twinsy because i think the list can go on for so long there are literally so many women in the world that i absolutely adore but i'm gonna end it with queen zoz that's a that's a solid list it is a solid list anything that you think i should have asked you anything that i think you should have asked me (laughs) oh where do you see yourself in five years I don't know why I'm bringing this question up because I don't want to answer it. <laughs> so what do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> Where do I see myself in five years? If, the, the thing is, if I tell you, do I jinx, is that jinxing myself? Would I be killing myself? No, that's you literally just... I don't want to say manifesting, but it's it's putting it out there. How old would I be five years from now? 27. Ah, 27, that's easy. I'll be a housewife. <laughs> Housewifing. But also an mm-hmm. entrepreneur and leader in some sort of sphere i think i'm very passionate about women and women Mm -hmm. empowerment and i know it sounds super cliche but it's my mom's fault like my mom 
grew up and my grandmother they just as we were bring up they were always 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 bringing random women into the house we had random people stay i'm telling you you laugh but it's it's the wildest thing ever i remember going home to my grandparents house for like the holidays and there will always be like random girls in the house and I'd always go to my grandmother and be like, go, who are these, who are these girls? So like, oh no, this one, this one was just sitting at home doing nothing. This one just finished high school. This one, is, so I'm teaching them my catering business so that they can also start their own catering business. Aww. Same thing with my mom. My mom, like, there are some random guys where she will come home and there are two random ladies. Mama, who are these? No, they are grannies and they are taking a taxi to where, where. So I told them they must come sleep over because it's not it's not safe for grannies to be traveling at night oh, I'm so myself, like, first of all lady okay how are you seeing grannies on the road while you're driving like do you understand what i'm saying like <laughs> and then you see the grannies and then you stop your car to go talk to the grannies to you know it, it, engage with them and so even in that like my mom would come and then okay let the granny sleep but another thing that she always used to do is go back to the village where my grandmother stays and so with the girls that my grandmother would have in the house or sometimes if they weren't girls in the house then my mom would always ask like is there a girl in the community that you know that i can bring back with me to Joburg?" and literally take one of the girls with us and bring her here and my mom would help the girl get her license while obviously she's a helper helping us in the house when my mom is at work but i think my mom's thing was always i want someone from the village who i can bring this side teach to read teach to write teach to get a license and be independent so that when i take her back she's able to do something not only for herself but for her family as well and do the same for other people and so i think just growing up around you know, mothers and grandmothers who are always just dragging women. It's natural to me to always <laughs> want. And I think even with you, I don't know if you remember when you reached out to me to do this podcast. And I was like, you're a woman. Duh, I'm biased. Yes. <laughs> let's do it. Let, let's yes. let's rock. Because I just like, I've been taught to support women no matter what, at any cost. Even if that means I'm going to sleep on the couch because I'm letting the mamas sleep in my bed. And so for me in five years time, the hope is that I would have some sort of structure or platform in place that can help me help women that can't necessarily help themselves and empower them to a point where they're able to go back to their communities and start something that will impact other women who will go back and impact more women. Okay. But that's just because... Yeah, I'm 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 pretty excited to see this, and I hope that you come back and listen to this and and tick everything that you said. Listen, because, you know, with my Miss Universe, with my Miss Universe pens, <laughs> you've got a lot to um come back to and just you know and tick, tick off the whole list. But thank you so so much for giving me your time. Thank you for having me. Uh, where, where should the people find you? Where should the people find me? The people can find me at Bax, that's B-A-X-B-A-R-A, on all social media platforms. If you can't find me like that, just add an extra A towards the end. Because Creative first. <laughs>